A girl and her parents are taken hostage and are deemed with an impossible choice to possibly save the world. We're talking movies. We're talking Knock at the Cabin, starring Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groh, and Ben Ulrich. Based on the book, The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Trumbly, written by Steve Desmond, Michael Sherman, and M. Night Shyamalan, who also directed You've Done Nothing Wrong to deserve this burden. You're just the family chosen to decide for us in this time. Go fuck yourself, Mr. Rogers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're going to be talking uh, Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. So, uh, Scott, uh, oh, take us away. <laughs> what the fuck? Come on, you have to say his name right. Like, that's that's fucking disrespect. Does anybody really get his name right? Isn't that kind yeah, of M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, Shyamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> okay, whatever. So take us away, Scott. Right. Do it. Do yeah, it. yeah. All right, so... I'll be honest. Okay, so I didn't have much expectations going into this this movie at all. Because uh, with M. Night's films, they've been a lot more miss than hit lately. Um, but I think that's what made this movie work for me, because I didn't expect much. Oh, because you had and lower expectations. Just like every one of your dates. 100%. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, it's low. a... Set the bar low. It's a... It's a good small claustrophobic film, and I think the. I mean, I think it would have worked better if it was a little more claustrophobic. Uh, but go ahead. Okay, but I think the incorporation of the Dutch angle, especially when Batista is speaking, helps puts everything off kilter. Yeah, I I did enjoy the slight Dutching of those angles. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the thing that they did or he did well is there's enough incorporated in this film that you see both sides of the arguments and it really puts you on the fence kind of, at least it did with me towards the end on, you know, are these people for real? Like what they're saying is actually true or, you know, have they really fallen into a huge fucking internet rabbit hole that they can't comprehend that it's all fake. And and being an M Night Shyamalan film, uh, you there is that expectation. If this was a different director, you wouldn't get quite as much of that tension because they were not there. Like he is definitely known for having that ending that you think is going to be like supernatural, and then it's not. Or he definitely used to be. Well, and or sometimes it is supernatural. But like the idea is like he's always, especially in his early days, was very good about like keeping you off kilter. Yeah, like I think power went out. Um, yeah, I think um, that's what kind of worked. Now, uh, like I said in the intro, this is based on the book um, A Cabin at the End of the World. Yep. And that book, like the reason why these, these two, the book and the film don't have the same title is because the second half of this movie 
deviates from the book. So when doing the research, it's actually kind of interesting because the book actually has the ending you kind of were expecting for this film. Mm -hmm. So, and in terms of the Rotten Tomatoes of this movie, it's 67 critic, 63 audience, and actually went in and looked. And in terms of the audience, the complaint is pretty much the same for everything. The fact that, you know, it's an M Shinal and not the M. Now you got me fucked up with this. <laughs> well, it's an, yeah, it's an M night film and there is no like spoilers. There is no twist ending. This is a standard, typical movie ending. There's no like he keeps you, he keeps you, I think, um, on the edge of your seat for the end. Like they're going into that diner and you're expecting this twist, but it's literally just them. Congratulations. Have a great day. Yeah. It's just them driving off into the sunset. Right. And then a nice fade to black ending. There's no meet Joe black ending. There's no drag me to hell ending. It's just a typical movie ending. And I think that's, in terms of the audience scores, at least, is what's kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say giving people a bad taste in their mouth, but, you know, they don't know kind of what to do with it. Well, and some of the reading I did as well. So this had an R rating, uh, but supposedly the book is much more violent, <laughs> like much more violent. Uh, and I'm assuming what that would be is the description of the kills in the house. Mm -hmm. uh which he for the most part doesn't i think other than the first one like you really don't see they often cut away right oh even the first one they cut away right you um, just see the blood trickling on the back of his head that's from right, what that's i remember right. you don't actually see them actually hit him mm -hmm. um so how do you feel about that i mean so there's that school of thought like the, the mind is more violent than anything you're going to show. So you, you know, you cut away and you let the audience create its own imagery. Do you think that was effective or would you have liked to see some like fucking brain splattered against the wall? No, I think in terms of this film, you know, it's, it's like, it, it was a $20 million budget. And I, I'm assuming most of it went to the actors in general. Yeah, um, I wonder. Uh, I wonder what um, Rupert Grint is like. Like what his rate is. He uh, obviously everybody knows him from Harry Potter. He's been on The Servant, which is I think the first episode was directed on Apple, and it might even be produced by M. Yeah, um, it's one of his shows. It's yeah. one of his shows. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I wonder what his rate is. Like, he's not really an A-list actor anymore, but he is very famous. Um, and I'd actually like to know what Dave Baptista is up to now. Well, yeah, I know in terms of, like, again, doing the research, um, M. Night went to Batista because reading the book, he was like, "There, it's an impossible role. It's a, a giant who can emote feelings and have to do 30 pages of dialogue. And he didn't think the person existed. But, I mean, you what's know, his name from the Green Mile would have been definitely a go-to if he was still alive. Oh, Michael Clark? Yeah. Duncan? Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think as well, you know, a little can-can thanks to Canadian director Denis Villeneuve 
uh M. Night saw Batista uh scene in Blade Runner 2049. And that's what got like that's what made him think he can do this. And they met and he was like, uh, and that's the thing that it seems like Batista was just like, even though you know, he has the notoriety and he has I would say the the success, especially with the Marvel movies, he was just like I just want to start over, like, just take the, you know, the fame away and, you know, just build me, build me up on how you want this character to be. And that's what got them to to get the part. And I think his portrayal is like one of the strongest because you actually feel the, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like conflict. And, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the conflict the, the that so- he's going through. Internal strife and all those types of things. Uh, yeah, his performance, and and we we can talk about that more in a sec. Uh, his his performance is one of the anchors of this film. Um, at, you know, there's kind of like three. And correct me if I'm wrong. You and your your kids watch more WWE, and that, or I think it's your cousins actually that watch WWE. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So to me, there's like kind of three really famous dudes. There's Dave Baptista. There's Michael Cena. Is it Cena or Sarah? John, John, Cena. it's not my, not Michael. No, no, not this one. John, yeah. and then there's obviously The Rock, and on that spectrum, it's like The Rock continues to just be The Rock, right? Like he he basically plays The Rock in the films. He's not allowed to die. He's not allowed to get you know beat, lose a fight. That uh, John Cena is in the middle. He's you know very good at self deprecating humor and stuff. He's he's a great comedic actor. But I would say that Dave Bautista is the only one that really wants to be like an actor, like a fully complete you know three-dimensional actor and i yeah, think that, so I, yeah go ahead i was gonna say i believe that's what he spoke about as well especially when he retired i would or whatever like quit wrestling and went into acting um he didn't want to be the rock right he actually wanted the dramatic roles um and you know actually wanted to be considered an actor not an action star Mm. and i think that's what he's you know he's chosen uh and that's the path he's gone with and i think the success of the first guardians movie and his portrayal in drax is helped with that because it does give him now some gravitas that he can do some of these smaller movies or you know take more chances because technically even though he says he's retired from guardians you know a couple of these fail it's like hey i'm i'm in for guardians four guys james write me a script yeah and i mean he's he's got you know definitely the financial security uh he did well in dune you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and but i would actually say that like that blade runner 2049 like he's not in it very long but it's essentially a monologue, right? Like he's and and it's uh, he gets the you know he does a bit of fighting and stuff like that. But you do get to see him uh, showcase some acting chops. So uh, I, yeah, I, like I wish him nothing but the best. I hope that uh, he continues to get those dramatic roles because he clearly wants them and he's doing the work. So mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. in this in this film. Uh, you know, there are a lot of like little challenges and problems as far as uh, some plot holes and some kind of ridiculous actions some of the characters make, but he is not one of them. Like right from the very beginning and like there is good tension, like the opening scene of this, the first 10 minutes when he's talking with the young girl and they're catching grasshoppers or whatever. I kept waiting for him to just like snap her neck or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're waiting for that, like, because especially when he says the line, like something like. I really, I really hate what I'm going to have to do or something like that. And you're like, and here yeah. it comes. 
It's going to squish this kid's head like a grape. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it was done very well. And I, and yeah, like, and I think, I think the fact that it was never, um, over, like he, like you don't see him screaming, like you don't, right? Everything's like somber, like everything's like, like trying to reason with, like even, like one of my my favorite scenes is when they have, um, you know, the escape and the fight, and then he he's in front of Jonathan Goss and he's just holding his thing in front of him and he's like, I'm so like I'm so sorry, like everything you guys been through, and it seems like he's like almost crying. Mm and everything in terms of that right like i think that was my favorite scene but you're talking about everything everything with that fucking handgun was like needed to be rewritten like just like okay so i spoilers if you haven't seen it just because i want to talk through this bit but he runs out of the house he clearly knows there are fucking people behind actually we could even roll it back before that when like there's the like crazy shit that's happening that like gets him to run to the house nobody like that whole shot takes like way too long like they're they're focused forward and it's not it doesn't happen instantaneously it's like he's like do 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 walking out of the house well he was, i think it was because uh, i'm assuming it, there's a medical term but him being tied up for the in that chair for you know two days mm. probably has something to do with his blood circulating that he couldn't really no 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 i don't like... mean the fact that he didn't run but the idea that like i'm keeping a, i mean literally in one room and i'm keep, keeping people hostage and a kid starts screaming the other guy falls over and i just like basically totally forget that there's another person in the room anyway <laughs> so then he gets out and he's like dude he's making his way to the the truck also never chooses to look behind him to make sure that like i don't know one of the other people fucking doesn't run after him and then the whole getting the gun, you know, where they're, you know, she's basically, first off, fucking that SUV has some seriously strong windows that she's like banging away on it and can't get in while he fumbles with his like nine millimeter or whatever. Also, just put one round in, shoot the fucking bitch, then load up your magazine. Like there was a lot of that stuff that I think could have been tightened up, made me just made like a little bit quicker. Well, if, that, if, he, if he did that, he would have been fucked, right? Because didn't the gun misfire on the first shot? Like close range? Well, don't or he miss? Well, don't miss. Like, come on. Like fucking, <laughs> it's right there. Like it's right there. Like a handgun you, is still good for like 40 yards, 30 yards, right? Like fucking the chick's right in front of you. If you can't hit her, maybe you deserve to be chopped up in your truck. Anyway. Yeah, like my, like I, I know what you're saying. Like my issue with that scene was the after the gunfire, she runs away, and then she's like, like it seems like she gave up. She was like, "Fuck this," and she runs away, only to run straight at him again, screaming. And then she gets shot. <laughs> yeah, then she gets shot. Uh, that that was the thing. I'm like, uh, all right. And then as soon as that firearm firearm came into the house, shit's over, man. Like he should have just walked in there and been like. Like no conversation, bang bang, Baptista done. Like fuck, double tap that shit. Like, well, and yeah. Here, here's my issue with it. So I, it, well, an hour and twenty minutes in, they they've been locked in this room, and in reality, at no point have they ever tried to hurt these people. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just them literally watching them technically commit suicide. Yep. So so they get the gun to put him in a room that you know. He technically can commit suicide. Yeah. 
it's just like you know he that was my thing and, and then you know the fight in the shower i'm like okay this also makes no sense because especially when you look at batista and you look at that mirror i'm like or that window i'm like yeah there's no way he he that's he, what i said too i was like i'm like <laughs> i saw that window and i was like that motherfucker is in the shower so just blast that fucking shower bam 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 or just fucking leave him in there and get the fuck yeah, out of dodge like, like boop <laughs> you should have been like i forgot how small that window was like lock the door all right let's go so let's the, go one, find their truck. the one thing this film had uh definitely going for it though was uh the cinematography uh and the dop is jared blashin uh, blashkank or blanchk uh so he's basically robert eggers guy so he did the witch he did the lighthouse he did northman uh nor uh nosferatu which is in post-production and uh, yeah, like I love the cinematography. I thought it was really well done. It wasn't super complicated, really well structured, you know, stylized, but appropriately that, that part looked really good. Uh, some of the stuff at the beginning, again, with the grasshoppers and like just the way the glass, it, the glass bottle is moved into the little girl's face. And so it kind of distorts stuff. Like there's definitely some good aesthetic going on. So, you know, I, this film wasn't bad. It just was sort of like, meh. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, it was okay. You know what I mean? It was like porridge. Like, it, there was nothing exciting about it. There was some decent <laughs> tension at the beginning, but I felt like once the film, like, kind of started moving through its process, I almost would have liked more cutaway. And I guess this is why they didn't do it, because they want to, you know, try and keep some mis- mystique around the the a- a- attackers or whatever, is, you know, some of that B storyline that they're doing with the, you know, the two men. I would like to see that there because them killing them. If I don't like a character saying like, I have a child and half the room, not believing it and then getting killed. You're like, you like, you're not invested. So the more you could have like humanized and made three dimensional like characters or people out of those characters. I I get what you're saying, Mm. but I'm going to have to disagree with it. I think once, no, no. And and I'm saying why I'm saying that is because the whole point of the movie is you don't know if they're telling the truth or not right and you don't find out they're telling the truth until the ending Mm. right like well you don't find out their story until the ending once they actually go into that pickup truck they find sure right so if you see that but the problem with that is that then you don't give a shit that they're dying like if there's no yeah i think it's the after effect because it's the after effect of the couple's choice like the family's choices Mm. like holy shit like spoiler she did have a son right and he was like i don't give a shit because i know she's lying right he even says that Mm. right like i don't believe for a second and then he sees the picture of her with the son right and he and, and that's the thing his choices technically is what led to to these deaths and then to realize like technically i know it 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 gives that um kind of regret like fuck if we went if we just made the choice at the beginning kind of thing right okay so my quote is from charlotte o'sullivan from the london evening standard and she says there's so many plot holes the deeper issue though is that the supposedly complex home invaders aren't given enough space to become interesting so even if we're not going to cut away and do backstory you can create some humanity and some character development in the room where in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, mm-hmm. you know, that's a little, just cause we've got uh, Jonathan Groff. We've got to do a little Hamilton there. So, okay, sure. Uh, but do you think that's kind of 
based on the time length of this movie because it's just what uh just under two hours yeah right? it's, it's like an minutes, hour right? so it's just over an hour and a half basically which yeah, i thought i thought so... i thought the timeline was fine um so then what you do is maybe like you could have cut out m night as a air fryer guy and had oh, i saw that yeah I th- I th- listen i always <laughs> think that's clever i like the idea of the director being like the guy the waiter that brings like a cup of coffee or something like that um I think you could have you could have developed it a little bit more just by maybe one of them goes out to like have a smoke and so another character comes out and you just get some interaction that's like separate from the main event like you know is you know so that you can get some type of sense of like who these characters are even in that place it just felt very sterile especially cuz essentially they're all in the same room for the like most of the film until the, as they until they commit suicide, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. So this is M Night, even though there wasn't any twist, but let's pretend there was a twist. What's your what's your like five favorite twists? It doesn't have to be top five, but just like what are five twists in films you like? Okay, so uh, just so our audience doesn't think that I'm able to rattle these off, Scott actually told me he was going to do this, and I was like, "Fucking idiot!" Like. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of films. I didn't actually, I didn't think I watched a lot of films that had twist endings. And then I tried to do just like some basically like, you know, what films have like crazy endings. And then I could see if I'd seen some. And then I realized like, there's actually a few that I consider great films that have this. So I'll, I'll start with uh, Mr. Shyamalan. Uh I saw it obviously six cents. I, mm-hmm. I don't care what you said. Nobody fucking knew he's seen dead people. I definitely did not know he was seeing dead people, especially because I would have been younger at the time. Uh, also, The Village. Again, people are like, oh, I fucking knew that. I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit, man. Until she went over the, like, wall and there's, like, a major roadway there, I 100% thought it was, like, old-timey times, right? And at that point, too, like, I wasn't as familiar with M. Night's work so that you were, like, looking for that. You're just like, this is a creepy little, like, almost like mm-hmm. The Witch. But The Witch is set in Puritan times. Mm-hmm. With The Village, you're like, okay, so this is a period piece. And then you're like, no, it is not. That was kind of crazy. Do you want me to just keep going and do my whole list? Or? You can do your five. I'll do my five after. Uh, so far, we've deviated on one. We've deviated? Yeah, I don't have The Village on oh. mine. Uh, the Others with Nicole Kidman. That's a good one, yeah. That's a fucking yeah. great one. Uh, one that we've done on our show. It was one of our first episodes is Vertigo. Like that, and Like finding out that she was like the original you know, kind of side chick that was used to like yeah. do the whole thing that took me up uh, obviously. And then the other two big ones are fight club and the usual suspects. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I got psycho for mine. Oh yeah. Norman yeah. yeah. So we both got a mother. Hitchcock on there. Uh, planet of the apes. Oh, that's out. a good it's one too. You blew it in. up. You damn yeah. apes. Um, I, I did have usual suspects, but I'll change it because you did it. Um, Book of Eli, finding out Denzel Washington was blind through the whole fucking movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, finding out that uh, nah, Vader nah, is nah. Luke's father. <laughs> no, uh, I do have Edward, because I did have Night, uh, Fight Club too, but I'll do another one. Edward Norton, fucking Primal Fear. Oh, yes! That, oh, and the way, I don't want to give it away, I know it's a the when he turns to Richard Gere and just does the like blah blah blah, and you're like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to think because I did have number five was um, six cents too for me. But I guess we can like it, again, it's no order. But um, and I did have Fight Club too. But yeah, yeah, I think I think they're they're and it's no particular. It's it's fucking good. I think that's what makes the movie right. Like I think the re watching Six Sense with somebody who's never watched Six Sense. But you would also have to have never have heard. It's sort of like it's hard to do Fight Club because everybody's heard about like Tyler Durden, right, or Durden. Yeah, but like, what we about watch, Atomic like, Blonde? Did did you know that she was the uh, no uh, American? But... No, no, she was the Russian. She was the she was no, the Russian she was working spy. for the CIA. The very last scene is her with uh, John Goodman. I thought it, I thought she was the oh, double she was agent. Betray- she portrayed everybody and turned yeah. everybody over to the CIA. Okay, sure, but yeah, that's a good one too. You know, and then we have John Wick Four. Yes, yes, that was a, that was actually <laughs> a cool ending. I like that ending. Uh, mm-hmm. This film did twenty million, or sorry, it had a twenty million dollar budget, which actually. Considering like who's who in the zoo, like you said, like I'm sure M. Well, so M. Knight is the the screenplay writer, he's the director, and he's the producer. So a lot of monies are going to him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say in terms of if there's any fucking critique about his directing now, the one thing you can't critique is how fucking smart of a businessman he is, because mm. he self finances majority of all his movies. So all the monies with the profits go to him yeah and he has a loyal fan base like people that will go watch his films because they're his films and so he's almost like guaranteed the like re- at least return on investment like at least the money comes back in right mm-hmm. yeah um because it did 55 million against a 20 million dollar budget and again even if we were to double i and i don't i don't feel like they blew 20 million dollars on advertising for this film uh mm-hmm. if you had told me this was actually like a, an amazon original or something like that i would believe you like i don't remember seeing a ton of marketing for it uh so that 55 million though like even that like even 15 million on top of you know a marketing budget cash money in your pocket bada boom bada bing you know and and if you think about it this this was the film that knocked off avatar from number one listen but avatar had been number one like eventually my little pony could have like kicked off avatar i get it after no, 333 weeks at the top of the chart, you know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying, but like you you wouldn't have kind of if you had to put your money on anything. You probably wouldn't have put your money on this is the one that, you know, once Avatar starts dying down, this is the one that's going to take it over, right? Cuz you mean, probably would have thought it was Ant-Man. You probably yeah, would have thought yeah. it was, you know, whatever other fucking movies came out during that time. Uh, yeah, I, I I would agree with that statement. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you got nothing better to do. It's on. I saw. I watched mine. I think on Crave. I watched mine on Prime. Yeah, I can't remember. It was one of those two. Uh, so I paid. Like I, it was part of my subscription. It, it I didn't cost me anything to watch it. Um, it's fine. Like I said, if you mm-hmm. like a little like thriller that's not too crazy, it's almost like a. So like, do you know what a four quadrant film is? If you say it, yeah. Like, so it's like four quadrants are like it's a it's like a you know when you're looking at a script, uh, male female under twenty five, male female over twenty five. Right? Those are your four sections. It's kind of like your mm-hmm. rom coms or family friendly films. This is I was watching it and I'm like this is almost 
this is definitely like a three quadrant film. Like I could see like under 25 male and female over 25 male for sure. And maybe female. Um, but yeah, like it's just from like a marketing standpoint, it's easy. It's not overly violent. There's enough tension mm-hmm. in it. Uh, I think it's going to do probably really well on streaming service actually. No, I think it was number one on prime Canada for a while. I don't know if it still is. Uh, no, I think right now it's the the new guy Richie one with Jake Gillen, Gillen Hall, the Covenant or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Lone Survivor, just retitled. Like yeah, and <laughs> and that was like basically like I don't even think it got a release. I think it was a made for yeah Amazon. This film. one's made yeah, just like the Operation for Chan. Yeah, listen, you know Guy Ritchie, it, he's just like taking that Amazon money and putting it in the bank. So might as well. I would do the same thing if they offered me money. Hopefully they do soon. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. I mean, those, it, those, those lyrics to Madonna, like a prayer or whatever. What is it? Go ahead. Sing it again. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it, it brought me back to when we did uh, Operation Fortune. You're like, how does she convince uh, Guy Ritchie to make that uh, what, the desert Oh, movie? cast away or blown away. Yeah, I'm or, like, it yeah. was like that. She was like, Guy, it's like a little prayer. I'm down on my knees. I'm going to take you right picture. there. Boom. <laughs> and then he was like, all right, all right. <laughs> I'll make the fucking movie. <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.